Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the True Crime Podcast. I'm Renette. And I'm Arena. And today I will be discussing the case of Jane and Robert Dorotic. Oh, I've and never heard of this case. I did not either, but it is super interesting. And there is a crazy ending. Um, I'll, I'll just start with the story because the latest news actually just happened this past year, like about six months ago. Some what? big news happened so on this case. Okay, so mm-hmm. this is a recent crime. Yeah, um, it was a from 2000. And okay. so in two, uh, 22 years later, something happened. So, But yes, let's start from the beginning. Okay. So Jane and Robert Dortick were married at age of 23. They're both 23 years old. They spent 30 years married together, and they had three children together, two sons and a daughter. Mm-hmm. Bob worked as an engineer, but he had a pretty rocky career. He wasn't very successful, not as successful as his wife, who she was very, very, very successful. What did she do? So she became a registered nurse at the UCLA hospital. Then she also helped found multiple programs and organizations that help young adults and teenagers struggling with mental health and substance abuse. And um, by 2000, she was bringing home a six-figure salary as an executive of operations for multiple psychiatric hospitals. Okay. Yeah. Good for her. So good work and like a really nice, helpful job for people, you know, that need help, mental help and um, substance substance abuse. abuse. Mm -hmm. Robert and Jane, they bought a 18-acre horse farm on Bear Valley Heights Road in Valley Center, which is near okay. Escondido. Yep. I think Dr. Seuss had his home there, right? <gasps> what? Or no, no. Was it? No, Dr. Because, hold on. <laughs> Wait, what? That was Wait, so random. Because he's, he's La Jolla, never mind. He has a La Jolla house, but I just recently read, I think in Hidden San Diego, Wizard Dr. of Seuss? Oz. It was actually the Wizard of Oz. There's like a yellow brick road sign somewhere over oh, there in that area. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyways, like, I guess, I don't think they filmed it there. Maybe they did. <laughs> but it was something to do with the damn Wizard of Oz. <laughs> what? That's so weird. <laughs> I know. I don't really know much about that. But, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, Jane's other passion was horses. She uh, was obsessed with horses, her and her daughter, Claire. So this ranch that they got was a perfect location, and they were really enjoying it. By 2000, the three Dorotic kids were all adults. They, Nicholas, he was 22. He was working in construction and was a semi-professional snowboarder. Alexander was 26 years old. He was attending law school And Claire, 23 years old, was still living at home, but Mm -hmm. while she was finishing her graduate degree in psychology at SDSU, and she also worked as a personal trainer in a fitness club. Okay. So, like I said, Jane and Claire loved horses, and they put a lot of money and effort into taking care of their dozens of horses on the ranch. Jane bought, bred, trained, and sold horses. It took up a lot of her time and it kind of put a strain on the marriage with between her and Robert. Okay. Probably because she was working so much and then doing yeah. this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Constantly busy, busy, busy. 
Mm-hmm. And Robert, he liked the horses, you know, and he tried to be supportive, but he felt like Jane was putting too much of the family's funds towards the ranch. Robert tried to contribute to the ranch by trying to establish a business constructing horse jumping structures and plastic pipes. Um, he preferred if he and Jane spent the, some of that of extra money in other things, though, like, for example, a retirement fund or to yeah. travel. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, that never happened. And since she was making more money, she's probably like, well, this is like my money, mm-hmm. but I want to do what I want to do with it. Exactly. And of course, that's also going to put a strain on, on the marriage, too. And Robert, I feel like he just wanted to feel more included and, yeah. you know, wanted to work more on their marriage. But Jane was very, very focused on the ranch. Okay. The disagreement of the ranch, the horses, the money, it caused a lot of strain. And not just with Jane and Robert, but also with Claire, uh, Claire's relationship with her father. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because Claire was always 100% on Jane's side, on her mother's side. So they butted heads a lot, unfortunately. Okay. February 13th of 2000, Jane, uh, this day is the day that Robert was in the living room. He was getting ready to go jogging, and he was wearing his jogging suit, um, and it was like a red track suit. Mm-hmm. Jane typically would get up around the same time as him and start her day by going towards the horses and taking care of the ranch. Okay. And although it was a rainy day, it was like drizzling on and off. This didn't bother Robert because he was an avid runner and he ran in many marathons. So this was like a regular day for him. Okay. He left the house at around 1 p.m. And around that time, Jane left the house to go to the stables. Okay. So... After about three hours, Jane returns to the house, and she's surprised that Robert wasn't home. She thought that this was odd, because, but she wasn't too concerned yet. She thought that he probably just went jogging for longer than usual, or maybe jogged towards like a store and hung out with a friend or something. You know, mm-hmm. she was just trying to think of regular excuses for why he right. was taking so long. By 5 p.m., Jane starts becoming very concerned, and she's jumps in her truck and drives around the area on which Robert takes his usual um, jogging trail and around and back of the house. She starts freaking out a little bit more, wondering what's happening to him. All these thoughts are running through her head. Did he fall and hurt himself? Did he stumble off a cliff or was he hit by a car? You know? Yeah. And by 7.30 p.m., This is when Jane calls the police and notify them that Robert is missing. So the San Diego County Sheriff's Office, they dispatched a search and rescue team. They thought that maybe Robert had a heart attack and he'd fallen off an embankment or perhaps there was a hit and run incident. Um, They used the dog to track down his scent and they, it led him to the discovery of Robert's jacket that was laying on the side of North Wolford Lake Road, which was Robert's usual jogging route. A justice jacket? Justice jacket. Okay. And then the early, early morning of the next day, February 14th, Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. Robert's body was found in, um, off the side of the road, half a mile north of where the jacket was found. No. His skull had been fractured in several places, 
and he had been strangled. A rope was still wrapped around his neck, leaving some ligature marks. Oh my god. Yeah. Jane was extremely devastated by the news and was in disbelief of what happened to Robert. At this time, Claire, the daughter, she was out of town visiting a family member. Uh, but when she received the news, she headed straight home right away. And um, she said that she had never seen her mom so frightened and worried. Oh my gosh. Since now this was considered a homicide versus a missing persons case and or an accident, mm-hmm. investigators immediately turned to Jane as the main suspect. Wait, the wife? Mm-hmm. It, you know, they always look at the family member, the closest family yeah, member. Spouse. spouse. Yeah. Yeah. And they wondered why Jane wasn't able to find Robert's bright red jacket or see Robert's body with his bright red jogging pants after hours of searching. She said that she spent hours and hours in her truck searching for him. Right. That's right. mm -hmm, When like they were saying, well, our search team found him rather quickly and we weren't even quite sure what his jogging trail was. Like we were just searching, you know, so they were like, you know where he goes. So like, why didn't you find him right away? And like wearing bright red pants and a bright red jacket is like, you wear that so that people can find you and not hit you, you know, they could see. So they were being, they're becoming very suspicious. He wasn't even hidden. Like he was on the side of the road, um, not in any, under any rubble or plants or anything like that. So so she would have seen him if she was really searching for him. Okay. Mm -hmm. So between February 13th, the day that she called the police through February 5th, Numerous investigators, including law enforcement officers, criminalists from the crime lab, they'd all been in and out of the house, um, and including in the couple's master bedroom to obtain clothing for the scent dog. They had searched the barns. They searched through the property looking for any other possible evidence. On February 16th, as part of the search, Carol Gannett, she was a crime lab criminalist. She mm-hmm. searched through the master bedroom. And she discovered that the carpet near the tiled area w- of the bathroom was wet. She then spotted red stains and called <sighs> in the detectives. Wow. Yeah. After they looked further and saw that what they were believed was more blood stains, a search warrant was obtained and the entire house was sub- subjected to intense scrutiny. They're going to go deep down into this house because they were finding more and more blood stains. Right. Charles Merritt, a criminalist who claimed to be an ex- expert in bloodstain pattern analysis, he's actually going to be brought up later on. Okay. Um, he identified numerous bloodstains on the ceiling, a nightstand, a lampshade on the nightstand, some magazines, a picture frame, a pillow sham, the comforter of the bed, oh and under the wet area of the carpet. So it was everywhere. It was everywhere. And oh, and by the way, his this guy's name was Charles Merritt. I don't if you guys probably won't remember, but in the case I did of the McStay family, mm-hmm. the murder, his name was Charles Chase Merritt. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so I was looking a, at his name like, why does that look familiar? <laughs> so there's the good Charles Merritt uh, yeah. and then the awful one. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, let's just hold off on the good part. He he this guy okay. was uh uh Bloodstain pattern analysis, but he's not a murderer, <laughs> at least. Okay, that's right. Um, so the area had been sprayed with fluorescein, which is the uh-huh. chemical. Is that like luminol? 
Yeah, yeah. That okay. reacts to um, under blue light to um, blood and, you know, shines bright. Yeah. So swabs of the area that were used um, with that chemical were taken later in for testing. Stains were found also on the headboard of the bed. And when the mattress was flipped over, Merritt found a blood stain that was like a big ass blood stain underneath the mattress, oh as well God. as a bloody towel. Jesus. So yeah. <laughs> investigators asked Jane about the bloody mattress. She stated so that she- It was just my period. It was my second blood. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Imagine. <laughs> she stated that she never even noticed that the stain had been there, like at all. Bitch, please. And that she had been sleeping there for three nights after the death of her husband. Even her family members who were there comforting her didn't even notice the stain. And it's okay. like- but I mean, it was under the mattress, so. Right. Well, how did it I mean, there? unless every person that went, that was in her house was flipping over her mattress to see what it looked like on the opposite <laughs> Hi, side. Jane. It's like, I'm so sorry for your loss. Let me just flip this mattress. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, we should, if anybody that we know ever like loses someone. I'm going to be if like. something happens to me, Arena, please come into my house and flip the mattress over. <laughs> <laughs> okay. A stain was also said to be found on the wall at the bottom of the staircase that led up to the main entry of the home as as well. So okay, there's just like blood stains everywhere. Yeah. Um, the two sons, uh, Alexander and Nicholas, they arrived at the house and they were helping to make plans for the funeral service. They told the investigators that the two family dogs had been bleeding at some point, like not that long ago. One from a dew claw injury, the other from an abscess on the snout, which okay. I don't know if that's like a wart or something that I guess has blood in it. Okay. And that Robert also recently had a bloody nose in the master bedroom. Yeah, but it's going to, I mean, come on, that's not going to spread the blood everywhere on the picture frame. Yeah, like you know, on the headboard. Yeah, And enough tripping. to like make a big noticeable stain on a mattress is kind of like, how much is your nose bleeding? Because right. are you having like an aneurysm or something? Because when yeah. I, my nose bleeds, it's like barely anything comes out, right? And you're yep. like, able to just stop it before it even stains. Yep. Also, in the bathroom trash bin, they found a used syringe with an animal tranquilizer called esipromazine. That's what they use on the horses. Oh, Forensics later shit. discovered that Robert's blood was on the needle and Jane's bloody fingerprint was on the syringe handle. When they asked Jane about this, she could not answer them. She wow. just didn't know what to say. I'm um, not looking so great for Jane. <laughs> no. Jane said that she has many syringes around the house due to the horses and that she isn't sure why her bloody fingerprint would be on it. But she also recalled that Robert had a bloody nose again. <laughs> so, so everyone's just using stupid. this bloody nose. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> oh, well, he had a bloody nose like a month ago. Like, okay. Yeah. What what else was bleeding? Like right. Jesus. The same type of rope that was found around Robert's neck was also found scattered mm. all over the house and porch. Hell no. <laughs> when investigators asked Jane about what this, an idiot. She actually this is what her she responded with. Quote, 
Would I really be that stupid to leave evidence like that out on a coffee table with everyone over and people searching? Would I be that stupid? Uncle. Well, clearly, clearly you weren't. I mean, maybe, maybe, or maybe you're realizing it now and you're like, this was stupid of me. (laughs) Mm -hmm, That's right. (laughs) She's all realizing it at the moment. Exactly. The following morning, February 17th of 2000, Jane was arrested for the murder of her husband, Robert Dorchick. Mm-hmm. Bail was set at $2 million. Oh, fuck. Yeah. This was like the highest bail that had been set at that time for this type of crime because there was no actual hard evidence quite yet. You know, okay. it's all kind of yeah. just circumstantial. So. Jane uh, says, quote, I know I didn't do this, but how am I going to clear myself? I know in my heart I'm innocent, and so does everyone who knows me, unquote. Many of her families and friends, including her co-workers, vouched for Jane and her innocence. But unfortunately, not everyone believed that Jane was innocent. A lot of them actually did believe that she could have done this herself. Oh, okay. Friends of hers? Um, a couple friends and... Unfortunately, her two sons. <gasps> wow. Okay. I'll, I'll get into more detail about that. Yeah. Claire, the daughter, she was also interviewed and asked if there was any question in her mind that her mother was guilty of murdering her father. Claire crosses her arms, then points upward in a smug way and says, quote, is there any question that the sky is blue? No. My reality is that my mom is not capable of things like this. End quote. And it was like a weird reaction. Investigators were saying that Jane kind of, the way she was responding to these questions, she was a bit standoffish, just like Claire, and had kind of like an attitude, which was making them look more guilty. Just kind of like, of course, they were crying and devastated, but when it came down to actually asking them real questions, they kind of, they just fucked it all up, really. They weren't giving. I wonder if the daughter answers. deep down knew that she did it. Right? I, that she at this point, I I was thinking to myself, like, were they both in on it? Yeah, you oh, know, that's right. Because they were a tag team for sure. They were right. always like agreement. They loved the horses, this and that. While Robert was kind of like pushed off to the side and was on the other team, they, and always butting heads with them. So who knows? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Then the Superior Court Judge, Marguerite Wagner, increased her bail to $3 million. Wow. And that became What the made her raise it? Just, I have no idea. I, I just, mm-hmm. I remember reading that and thinking, wow, $3 million. Yeah, especially at that time too. Yeah. And um, due to all the legal fees and other matters, Jane and Claire were forced to sell the ranch and most of their beloved horses. Which I feel bad for the horses because I hope they were take getting like better care. Yeah, uh, because apparently they were being you know Clara was trying to do everything on her own and she couldn't. And um, they had they had people helping on the ranch, but you know it wasn't the same without Jane and Robert. Right. Following a hearing on March first of two thousand, Assistant District Attorney Bonnie Howard Reagan told reporters the prosecution had a very strong circumstantial evidence case against Jane but no hard evidence. Mm. In May 17th of 2001, a little over a year from when Robert's body was found, Jane went to trial in the San Diego County Superior Court. In the opening statement to the jury, the DA said that the murder was the final act in a long brewing dispute between a couple over money 
There was no question that Robert was unhappy with Jane spending almost all the money on the horses and the ranch. Yeah. Which, uh, like, that's basically what they're thinking is the motive. Yeah. Did he have life insurance? That's actually one of the things that comes to light because there were a couple of details that um, not a lot of people knew, like family and friends. So it did come out that at one point in 1997, Robert filed for divorce and they had lived apart briefly for a brief moment of time. But then they reconciled a year later and in 1998, and they actually got back together. At that point, they each took out a $250,000 life insurance policy on each other. So they were each their each other's beneficiaries. Beneficiary, yeah. Which two fifty isn't that much. For, I mean, no. for, I I would think that they were super super wealthy, but I don't know. They seemed uh, comfortable, though. I mm-hmm, mean, at yeah. that time, she was making six figures. Exactly, yeah. and she was probably making even more if she was like breeding and selling these. Mm-hmm. You know, expanding fancy horses. the the hor- Yep, the company. Yeah. Since Jane made more money than Robert, a divorce would have meant that Jane would have to pay Robert forty percent of her income in alimony. Forty oh, percent, wow. which crazy. prosecutors used as another reason of why you know Jane would kill her husband. Yeah. So did Jane prefer murder over divorce? Maybe. Seems like it. Robert's friends and co-workers told investigators that Robert had told them at one point, if anything happens to me, direct the authorities to my wife. <sighs> wow. And like when someone says that, it's like, come on. I don't even, how does that even come up? I know, <laughs> I, <feel> like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm concerned, Robert. Yeah. <laughs> That's scary. Um. The prosecutors say, stated that they never believed that jo- that Robert even went for a jog that day at all. They argued that since their daughter Claire was out of town and the couple was home alone, that this was a perfect time for Jane to strike. That Jane had bludgeoned Robert to death in the bedroom, possibly with the hammer as no real murder weapon was found. Okay. Uh, dressed him in his jogging clothes, dragged him out to the truck, and dumped his body off the side of the road near the woods. And I wonder if they did like a blood toxicology screen because maybe that uh, horse tranquilizer would have been she in his used blood, it. right? Because mm-hmm. it just makes me think like, I mean, he, it's a fictional character, but Dexter yeah, <laughs> used the tran- yeah. animal tranquilizer before he, you know, murdered yeah. his victims and whatnot. So, but- um, well, to s- spoil it, he did not have anything in his blood. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So, but the whole, like, used syringe with Robert's blood and then her bloody fingerprint on the same syringe, like, it was just odd because it could have been something that happened previously. Yeah. Perhaps. Like, we don't really yeah. know. It's kind of like uh, something that in the air that they had used as evidence, but... I don't, nothing really actually came of that. So, but all this okay. other psychosocial evidence is starting to come up. Yeah. Um, the prosecutor also said that it was clear that someone else besides Robert dressed him and to put on his shoes because of his shoelaces. The bows were like askew and tied in an odd way as if mm-hmm. it was tied from an- by another person. She also pointed out that when he was found, his sneakers were very white and clean and which was almost near impossible since it was raining and there was 
um, it was like a muddy trail. There was mud everywhere. Mm -hmm. So that was also very suspicious. Jane's truck, a Ford F-250, it was very unique since three of the tires were all different and they were not matching one another. Carolyn Gannett, who was the crime lab criminalist and in part of the search for Robert, she stated that she was confident that the tires on Jane's truck had made tire tracks found next to Robert's body. Oh, shit. Yeah, because they found tire tracks. They found them there, so they tested it. Um, They stated that Jane must have disposed of the murder weapon at the nearby shopping center because investigators interviewed one of Jane's friends. She said that she saw Jane driving behind the stores that day, and which she thought was really odd because the only thing behind the stores were dumpsters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Robert's blood was also found on one of the bottles of the cleaning detergents in the home, proving that Jane had used this with the within the hours that she was cleaning up the crime that she was yeah. quote unquote, looking cleaning for up the Robert. Blood. Mm-hmm. So the defense team for Jane, Carrie Steigerwald, and Cole Casey. They claimed that it would be near impossible for Jane to move her husband's dead, limp body across the house and up into the bed of her truck and then back down onto the side of the road and with no one seeing her. Um, But they lived in Valley Center. It's not like it's a city or, you know, it's... It's true. You know, uh, low population or whatever, right? Yeah, and it definitely... It was... Very um, remote, but at the same time, there was a bit of traffic. It was one of those roads that um, those kind quote unquote main roads before veering off into like a dirt road towards the ranches and houses that are separate from one another. Mm -hmm. So this was their argument. Uh, One of Jane's sisters, she testified saying that Jane had a bad back and she never even fully recovered from a hip injury that she had received when she got hit by a drunk driver um, back in 1987. Yeah. But when you have adrenaline running through your body, <laughs> like you become superwoman and you're going to get you the can strength. Lift anything. And, right. Yep. It's like Which no, I mean, it's like you're on PCP or some shit. <laughs> you're all cracked out. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I know you can do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, Unlike her sisters and her daughter, Claire, not everyone in Jane's family thought she was innocent. Both Nicholas and Alexander, her sons, testified in court against Jane in favor oh, of the prosecution. Wait, hold on. The daughter did too? No, no, no. She, she, she always stood by her mom's side, but Nicholas and Alexander, okay. uh, her sons, testified against her. Um, Alexander said that his mother, that, his mother could lift this body and put it into a truck because she was physically strong and he had seen her lift heavy drain pipes and multiple heavy equipment on the ranch. Uh, okay. Well, there you go. With ease. Yeah. Um, Nicholas also said that his mother was able to easily lift a hundred pound sack of seeds right over her shoulder with no issues. Okay. So there's that, which is, mm-hmm. Also, it's really sad. During this entire time that Jane is in jail, they never went to visit her. Only Claire and her sisters did. Shit, I wouldn't either if my mom (laughs) killed my dad. Shit, hell no. Yeah, so that's just sad. Like, I wonder if they even... uh, Seems like they didn't even speak. Like, they didn't even... 
like, I don't I, know. Did they say anything like, you know, um, like witnessing fights between their parents, you know, maybe saying like, I've seen my mom get really aggressive and physically aggressive with my dad or anything like that. They never said anything about that, but they did keep in the back of their minds that the Robert did want to leave Jane and it was yeah. his decision to do so. But um, over the course of the year during the divorce, Jane had convinced him to come back. And I think he was resentful of that. And I think the sons knew and perhaps they were closer with the dad and yeah. knew deep down how he really felt and maybe that he was unhappy. Yeah. And when all this happened, they were like, yep, mom did it. You know, mm -hmm. who knows? And Claire was so close with her mom. She, of course, she's going to be on her mom's side. Yeah. The defense team didn't oppose the claim that the murder occurred in the master bedroom. Instead, they suggested that the murder was committed by the daughter, Claire. <gasps> so they actually flipped. So the mom's bitch ass was let willing to let the daughter go down. Yep. So they stated that. Claire and Leonel Morales, who was a hired hand on the ranch and helped them out with the horses, had helped dispose of Robert's body. The defense team said that Robert and Claire had a rough <laughs> and explosive love-hate relationship. He resented Claire's involvement in training and riding of the horses. And he and Claire had a very strange relationship. They seemed to just loathe each other. Um, when they asked Jane... Like, what were you thinking? Why, you know, let your defense team use your daughter? Uh, she stated, the court had already heard this theory, so it's not news for them. Did they hear the theory? Apparently, that was a theory already. It had been oh. mentioned just once, and they yeah. just ran with it. <laughs> right. What a... Like, how awful. She's like one of the few people on her side, because at first, her whole family... And like her friends, well, besides her sons, were on her side. And as time went on, as the trial went on, as more evidence started popping up, this and that, she only had like two people on her side. And then they, yeah. her defense team used Claire, her own daughter, against her. Like saying that she I wonder, was. I can't even imagine how her daughter must have felt. <laughs> She's just like, you know, mom, I'm one of the only ones that like has your back and yeah. you're going to put this shit on me. I mean, I guess. So I feel I get the feeling Claire understood the um, strategy, but obviously she was upset because she kept continuing to visit Jane, her mom, in in prison. So, D did her mom say anything like, "No, my daughter would never be capable of doing anything like that"? So the thing is that Jane didn't really speak that much uh, during, especially during the trials. They like they mm -hmm. didn't allow her to, but mm -hmm. um, she she was like, "Yeah, okay," like she she was giving her she was giving her defense team every everything, like every reason to just run with it. And she wasn't arguing with them, which yeah. also seems so messed up. So like such a bad, I don't know what a bad mom. <laughs> yeah. That's an awful mom. Um, Even if I didn't speak much, like if I were on trial for something, I knew that it was probably me that, you know, knowing deep down it was me that did it. Yeah. And like, what if they had actually I could never let my kid convicted her. Of right. this. Yeah. I, I mean, could never. I'd be, I would, that's when I would put my damn hands down yeah. and say, absolutely not. My yeah. daughter would never do anything like this. I know. Yeah. I, I just can't believe that they did it. And Claire seemed, I guess, fine with it. I don't know. The DA read a letter that Jane wrote to her father 
not long before he was murdered, stating, mm-hmm. quote, I must take all precautions to protect myself from you. She had mentioned that Robert's uh, threats to sell off the horses and that she was very upset with it. Uh, quote, don't you dare take them away. Your threats and lack of trust will never be forgotten, unquote. Hmm. There was no evidence that Claire was involved. She was out of town in Long Beach visiting a family member at the time. And her aunt, I believe that she was visiting, stated that there was no way Claire could have done this. They were together the entire trip. Although Claire's story of the time and date on which she arrived in Long Beach kept changing. And she, but then after some time, she pled the fifth and the jury never actually got to see her in trial. So that Mm. story ended. Yeah. They had to just stop. Um, On June 12th, 2001, after deliberating for four days, the jury convicts Jane Dortick of first degree murder. Guilty. Okay. Uh, Well, you know, it's not a surprise. Mm -hmm. But prior to the sentencing, the judge allowed the defense to present a new witness. Her name was Sherry Newton, who stated that on that Sunday when Robert was last seen, she was driving to the store and saw a man whom she identified as Robert jogging Mm -hmm. on the side of the road. When she was returning home, she saw him again jogging. She said that not long after she passed him, she came around a turn and a black truck with two men inside was heading straight at her on the opposite side of the road. And at the last second, the truck swerved back into its proper lane. She recognized one of the men as the ranch handler, Lionel Morales. Uh-huh. The one that they had, um, that so the daughter, the daughter and Lionel had done this, had murdered uh, Robert together. Prosecutors pointed out that she was not a good witness, this Sherry Newton, because she described Robert as a six foot tall man weighing 200 pounds, when in fact Robert was 5'9 and weighed 147 pounds. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the the weight difference alone. That's major. And I mean, it's hard to kind of see how tall someone is when they're jogging, but I mean, I feel like you can tell when someone's six feet tall, that's a pretty... Yeah, and 200 pounds compared to 140, that's a big difference. Yeah. So because of this, Superior Court Judge Joan Weber denied the motion for a new trial. She said, quote, we will probably never know all the parties who had a role in aiding and abetting before and after the fact of the murder. But the fact remains, there is substantial evidence tying the defendant to this crime beyond a reasonable doubt, end quote. Yep. Yeah. The guilty verdict remained, and Jane is sentenced to 25 years to life. Good. Jane was extremely surprised by this and said, quote, I was so certain I would be walking out. Why? Because I'm innocent. I thought that they would see the truth. I loved my husband. I still love my husband. This has not been justice that has been served here today, end quote. Hmm. Let's move on to April of 2020. This okay. is about 19 years later. Jane was released from the California Institution for Women in Corona after the LPI, which stands for Loyola Project for Innocence Legal Team, filed a motion arguing that she was at risk for contracting COVID-19. So she oh. hired this new LPI legal team to help her um, you know, appeal and to try to get her out and prove her innocence. Mm-hmm. 
So I tried to look up where they put her because I wasn't sure if this meant what this meant. Like, and the obvious yeah, like is she in thing. a group home? Is yeah. she in a different jail? I thought that maybe they had like a place where they had like separate little cells that spaced out far enough that the yeah. building wasn't being used or something. Because, you know, typically in those jails, you have, I believe it's like two or four bunk mates. Mm-hmm. And then there's that common area and you're mainly yep. in the common area. But um, when I tried to look up for her case specifically, I couldn't find anything. I just Googled in general what happens to prisoners during COVID, you know, and they said it said that um, Jane was possibly sent to a home confinement or a residential reentry center, which is a place that prisoners are held near the end of their sentencing. So like a group home? Yeah, kind of. I guess they okay. just get their own room and bathroom, basically. And it's like oh. a home. Yeah. I don't know. Much nicer. <laughs> yeah, it's much nicer. <laughs> yeah, it, exactly. A lot safer. I wanted to look up a little further about the LPI. Uh, the website said that the Loyola Project for the Innocent is the only wrongful conviction clinic dedicated to serving Los Angeles County, the leader in felony convictions in a state where almost 700 individuals have been proven wrongfully convicted since 1989. LPI works to get those who are languishing in prison for crimes they did not commit out of jail. So they help but out But she a lot. wasn't like proven wrongfully convicted. I mean, a lot of people had her back after a while because they did keep saying that it was all circumstantial. There was an actual physical evidence, and she she kept fighting for it. Um, okay. After this, on July of 2020, a judge overturned Jane's conviction, and the LPI made a case for a new evidence that might exonerate Jane, might get her out. Oh, shoot. Okay. So the, the San Diego County's DA's office said that it would they would be using the latest DNA technology to retest blood evidence from that case. New DNA testing from under Robert's fingernails, clothes, and of the alleged murder weapon, quote-unquote, because mm-hmm. they just kind of gathered tools, anything that was looked like it was used, like a hammer. That's what yeah. the, that they said. Um, that it showed no presence of Jane's DNA on any of it, excluding what? her from the crime scene. Which is like, how does that, how though? I mean, it showed her, her blood and his blood there. How does it? It did on the syringe and on like inside of the home on things, but apparently not on his actual clothing. But the blood on the mattress, that was his and it was a large pull and a fucking bloody nose isn't going to do that. As for the blood stains in the bedroom, the DA stated that most of the blood was never even tested much less could prove that it was blood at all. So they're stating that it could have been anything. It could have been wine, soda. It could have been some dark But like substance. on a lampshade and headboard and a fucking picture frame? Like, <laughs> what? They argued that the jury was uninformed and misled to believe otherwise, to believe that this was all Robert's blood and all during the crime that was committed. From Jane. Jane stated that, quote, spending almost two decades in prison, falsely convicted of killing the man I love, has been incredibly painful. I lost literally everything in my life that Bob and I had built together. 
Thanks to my great legal team at the LPI, I feel like I can finally breathe and I'm able to start thinking of plans for the future. <laughs> I'm so... When I was How old is she? Okay, so now she is currently 75. Mm. When I was reading this, I was so conflicted because I was like, I wait, mean- is she really innocent? Because... And I... I'm still, I still don't know. I still don't know. Yeah. I mean, but then like the, I don't know. I mean, the, the rope around his neck and it was sitting there, where was mm-hmm. it on the coffee table or whatever? It matched that same rope that was in the house. And, you know, yeah. so fuck. Okay. So I mean, if it was only the blood that's on the syringe. Yeah. Right. There's was the only like confirmed. Yeah. There's more. Um, in December of 2020, the judge ruled that Jane was entitled to a new preliminary hearing because Charles Merritt, the mm-hmm. criminalist who claims mm-hmm. to be an expert in bloodstain pattern analysis, he testified falsely about the evidence in the master bedroom. When they tested the, the mattress, it w- there was no blood on it. He stated that he had a whole report of all these items that had blood on it. But apparently, he never even tested it. <laughs> what the <laughs> hell? I don't know what the hell was going on. Why? I don't how know, he got I can see. It. I don't know. I can see a, a certain area, right? Like because they use the luminol and it lit up or whatever. I could see like a little, like okay, but the, like if it was just a small amount of blood, but there was a shitload of blood like everywhere. It was everywhere, right? Yeah. So. Then, was okay, that you think of the dog, and, the, and then the dog did have that abscess though, right? Yeah, she said, I mean, they had a lot of animals and apparently they had a lot of pets. And mm-hmm. since they were like taking care of their pets inside the home, I, apparently, and I don't know if blood just got everywhere and I, the nosebleed. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems like it was just a mess and they didn't. It seemed like everyone was just convinced that it was Jane and perhaps they just didn't they didn't do thorough um deal with this case well enough. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm conflicted. I really don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. It can and then it can't, right? I, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. I know. Either way. <laughs> um so in March of 2022, the Superior Court judge denied the motion that um and ordered Jane to stand trial once more. Okay. On May 16th, instead of a retrial, the case against Jane was dismissed. Oh. After the judge ruled certain evidence inadmissible, the prosecution concluded it can no longer be ethically proceed to trial because it be- they believed that the remaining evidence was insufficient to prove guilt beyond any reasonable doubt. Oh my God. So Jane Dorotic was released from prison. She's okay. out. I wonder like how her two boys feel now. Oh, they like, never they spoke feeling? to her. They never oh, visited still? her. Never. Never, never, never. Um They had to know some stuff about her, right, to feel that I, strongly. I think so. And Claire was always by her side still to this day. Mm-hmm. I believe she went to live with her daughter for a, a, some time when she was released. This was mm-hmm. back in May of twenty twenty two, so like six, seven months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's currently living in Los Angeles with her one of her sisters, and uh, she's seventy five years old. 
And in an interview, when she was released, they asked her, do you believe your life was stolen from you? Jane says, quote, absolutely, it was stolen from me, absolutely stolen. I was going along in my life. I lost my husband, and somehow I'm accused and then convicted. That was the worst feeling I ever felt. Thank God for the LPI, who was willing to delve into all the evidence. When you're thinking about taking away someone's freedom for life, putting them in prison, don't you owe them a thorough investigation? End quote. She's right. Yeah. So I was like... I don't know if she's guilty or not, if she was involved, but I think, I think Claire may have had something to do with it. And she was Mm -hmm. working with that Lionel guy. I think. That seems like it's probably possible. Or that Mm -hmm. she hired him to do it. And maybe the mom knew some of it. Maybe they both were in on it. Yeah, maybe she knew. Yeah, she could have known. I don't believe either of them, Claire or Jane, actually physically murdered him, but I think that they conspired to do so with that Lionel guy, I think. That's what my opinion is. Yeah. God. It's just shit like that that just like you just wish you knew what really happened, right? Yes. It's like, I want to know what really happened. I I kept um, Googling to see if there was any, you know, new any new information, but nothing yet. And I wouldn't be surprised if Jane starts to, or Claire too, starts to go after, well, if they're both innocent, uh, to see who really murdered Robert. But I don't know. Well, we might never know who actually did it. Like, I wonder if um, she's going to end up suing because you know how sometimes this has happened where when they're released. um, Criminalization or something like that. Yeah. (gasps) That could be. So I wonder if that's going to, that's going to happen. But God, so you get locked up when you're what, 54, 55. She was that should be the time where you're getting close to like retiring and then you get to enjoy your life, maybe travel. Yeah. You know, that's horrible. Like if she is innocent in this poor thing, like I feel so bad for her. Right. Yeah. But you know, I am thinking that it sounds like it could possibly be the daughter with that, that guy. And this this case definitely was driving me a little crazy because from the get-go, I was like, yeah, it was Jane. It was Jane. And then mm-hmm. I was like, maybe it wasn't Jane. Oh, it was yeah, Claire. Yeah, now you have Claire me thinking. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it was just the guy helping on the ranch, that Lionel guy, maybe. And I'm just like, now I just, we'll never, I mean, hopefully we will find out who actually murdered him. But as of now, it seems like they just they fucked up that, that whole investigation. Yeah. Apparently. And I guess question mark. Yep. But um if she if she was innocent, and man, that's just god awful to lose twenty years of your life. Yep. In freaking prison, you know? And her two sons are now estranged, like they don't even speak to her. She probably doesn't have any more friends. She has her sisters and her daughter. Man. Yep. Well, (laughs) well that was a good one. That was the case of Jane and Robert Dortick. Of course, rest in peace to Robert. Um, he just wanted to go jogging and we'll hopefully we'll find out what actually happened to him. Yeah. Yep. Rest in peace to Robert. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in. Thank you. Thanks for listening in and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>